This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. I'm Robert Krilwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hello. I uh, was out sick last week, got some antibiotics, got a steroid shot, and I'm so grateful that our Michelle could fill in on for me. Yeah, wow, you were bad then. (laughs) But I listened to the show and uh, heard all about the autocross that's going to happen this weekend at the Grenada Airport. That's right, Saturday and Sunday. So if anyone's interested, um, come on by, come check it out. If you're just curious, just come hang out and uh, ride with people, ask questions, and get a a feel for things. It's It's a fantastic format to have fun with your car. We will put the links that I put on last week's show that's online I'll put them on this week's show online in case anybody needs a reminder of what the dates were. Great. And you did go up to the Tupelo uh, Automobile Museum. I saw some of your photos. We did, and it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. So they did have some really awesome cars, especially in the 30s era, if you like 30s, 20s, and early 10s era cars. That was really awesome. They had some others, too, but those were the main main gist of, of what their collection was. And it was nice to see a Duesenberg in person right and some people know what that is the saying it's a doozy came from that car and i think a lot of people don't know that and it's because it's so awesome so just seeing stuff like that was very very cool so we had a good time good i'm glad that you got to go and we encourage everyone to uh get the last hurrah out of the tupelo automobile museum before they close in march which is march is tomorrow (laughs) but it's later later in the yeah and i think they're doing the auction in april so yeah all right well today we We wanted to talk about reliabilities, reliabilities in cars between your repair car questions. And let's go ahead and talk to Robert in Mobile. Robert, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. I I have a kind of a complaint uh, that I'd just like to register with y'all and ask. uh, This morning I called the DOT and uh, registered a complaint about these bright blue headlights on automobiles, particularly the SUVs and the pickup trucks that have their lights so high above the ground. They're very, very bright. It makes it difficult and dangerous to see the road when when one of those is approaching you. So uh, I would just like to encourage uh, listeners to uh, 
get in contact with DOT and ask for some new regulations and some recalls on these dangerous light bulbs. And I appreciate your hearing my complaint, and I thank you for the show. Uh, thank Robert, you, Robert. We appreciate you calling in. Yeah, we did do a whole show on headlights, yeah. and I guess now that Mississippi does not require car inspections, mm-hmm. it's kind of anything goes unless they make a law, and then if they make a law, it only is uh, it only gets enforced if a police officer stops you because yeah. so many car infractions are not a stoppable offense. Yeah. It would I be think an that additional one should ticket. be or added to it. Um, all states have their own laws on headlights, and they're not. I would assume Mississippi has some of the same laws that you see other places. I'd have to look into that and um, research that. But they're not supposed to have them where they're pointed at, at a direction that's going to hit everyone's eyesight. And it's only supposed to be so bright to a certain distance. So they are breaking the law when they're using lights that are too bright. They're not pointing in the right, right direction. Those lights are supposed to be used for when your car is not driving. Those extra bright lights are available, but they're not supposed to be used while you're driving down the road in traffic. So it would it would be nice if people um, were starting to get pulled over for that, the same as they would for a seatbelt or something else that's a safety hazard or brake lights being out. And that might help get people to in line with not using those super bright lights. Now, on your manufacturer cars and the ones that come with those headlights, those are already in compliance, but it's the aftermarket ones and the ones he's talking about where it's these high up trucks. They're not they're not positioning them correctly when they put them in the car to, to keep them within the, the rules. So that's he's right about that. And, and reporting that to the uh, Department of Transportation is very smart, I think. Right. Yeah. Robert suggested uh, calling MDOT. Uh, it's an election year. Maybe call your state senator or your state representative also. Yep. That's All right. Idea. Today we're going to, between your phone calls, are going to talk about reliable cars, unreliable cars, how you find out about them. What does that even mean? But if you're having any trouble with your car, give us a call this morning. Our number is one. 1- 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, you are really excited about doing this show. Where did you go to compile your list of cars you thought were especially reliable or those that were especially not reliable? Um, so, yeah, this is one of my biggest things that I've been into my whole life. What's a well-made car? Who does it? Who's doing that? Um, it's one of my biggest passions. Something I found quite a while back that I love to use is carcomplaints.com, and I've said it many times. You can go to carcomplaints.com as a one-stop shop. It's got the NHTSA reports of people reporting problems with their cars to the government, and it also has recalls for your car, the same as if you go to the NHTSA. TSA website. It also tells you problem areas, your cars, and where other people have reported to carcomplaints.com. So you can report your problems on there, too, and get them listed, which is fantastic. But it can really help you figure out, say, say you've got a Honda Accord, and most of them are very reliable, but they had in... 
2008, they had major problems with their engine and their brakes. This one year, they had this really, you know, lots of problems. And carcomplaints.com listed it as a clunker or do not buy. Stay away from this car. But in 2006, they had really good years. And they had no major transmission or engine problems. So even a car that's considered very, very reliable, you can narrow it down to what were the better years and maybe what were the years that were absolutely terrifying and you absolutely do not want to mess with. And you also get an idea. Some car might have a lot of complaints, but it may be something minor like paint. And those things get reported, too. So that's that's my go-to. And when I do inspections for cars, I and, and I'm doing a pre-buy inspection for someone or looking for reliability on their car, I go to carcomplaints.com and just check to see where were the problem areas. Another one is consumer reports. And they are literally just taking consumer information and repeating that to people to... Um, to, to do, look at everything that they, they come up with. They're not like J.D. Power, who basically do surveys that favor a company and then go tell that company, you should buy this. And that's where you see the Chevrolet commercials. They basically just did surveys that favored Chevrolet's initial quality uh, which does not mean five years down the road or two years down the road, and basically told Chevrolet, pay us a large, very, very large amount of money, um, and then you can use our our information for your commercials. So J.D. Power is not a good one to go with, but Consumer Reports, carcomplaints.com are literally just people's personal complaints. Those are awesome, and I recommend everyone to look at those, and it, it gives you an idea of what's going on with your vehicle. So there's good and bad years for different cars. Um, it, on the list that we had, that we looked at, was a, a short list of Consumer Reports had of reliable cars, top 10 reliable and then top 10 unreliable. And in the, the top 10 reliable, you had a heck of a lot of Toyota. They were out, 8 out of 10 on there. You had all the rest were Japanese except for one Korean Kia and then one American Lincoln, a Lincoln uh, car. So Japanese... Uh, Obviously, when you get to know more about Japanese, their standards are really, really high on how they make cars and how they run a business isn't for profit, for profit, for profit. It's for respect. It's because they hold themselves to really high standards. A cultural thing. It's a cultural difference. And so when you have your American car manufacturers and some of your others, they tend to be much more profit driven. So they cut corners. Their quality control can be really low. Um, so then you, you do have cars that have a lot more problems. So in the unreliable list, you had Chevy products dominated. I pick on Chevy a lot, but it's one of the reasons I have a lot of experience with them, and they do tend to have a lot of problems. And here and there, you'll have ones that didn't have a lot of problems. A lot of people, real big fans of the old S10 trucks and the GMC Sonomas. Um, my boyfriend had one, and he said it was very, very reliable. You have these ones that are very reliable like that, but then you've got like... Cadillac, just, just just monster problems, and I don't really see many old ones on the road at all. And you'll notice that, but you see a lot of old Lexus, a lot of old Infinity. Those are two really good luxury car brands that just have really good um, of reports from you know years back, and they're still on the road driving. 
Um, so those are some things that I kind of look at. You kind of have to keep in mind. It's it's where the company, what their policy is also, how they make their cars. What is their goal? Is their goal just to sell or is their goal to make the best product that they can? And do they put the time into R&D, research and development and that sort of thing? A lot of, lot of car companies cut corners and then it's pretty obvious which ones those are when you look at the reports and, you know, you kind of keep your eye out for that sort of thing. So that kind of gives us an idea of what to look at and what to look for. All right. So to recap what Allison said, if you want to find out if a car is a reliable car, you could check carcomplaints.com or Consumer Reports. While we get hit with the J.D. Power commercials all of the time, those commercials are paid for by the car company, and they give themselves the award. So... It's it's not an independent evaluation. No, it's not. Of reliability. All right. Well, we're going to continue our discussion of reliable cars when we come back from our break. If you have a problem with your vehicle, call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We'll talk a little bit about recalls when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. I'm Robert Krulwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our whole show live all the way through, please find our podcast. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm sick and I can't read a book or focus my eyes on the television as I was last week. There are no recalls this week, uh, according to the uh, National Highway Transportation and Safety Administration, but you can find out what past recalls your car has by going to their website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. So today we're talking about reliabilities in cars, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 672-7464 or send us an email auto at mpbonline.com 
www.carcomplaints.org. We've mentioned that uh, carcomplaints.com is a good forum. It's like standing around the water cooler and everybody talks about, well, I have a 2007 Dodge Grand Caravan. Well, I have a 2012 Nissan Versa. And there's a little folder for each year, each car, and people kind of say, hey, my doors don't unlock very well, or hey, my car sticks in drive sometimes. And that's a, a good way for people to contribute and to also just see what's going on with cars yeah what other people are having problems with with their cars so it's it's awesome i love it and i think if enough people report a complaint that's how a recall occurs yes that can take time sometimes and it has to be pretty high up there now they do they will send out tsbs which is a technical service bulletin if they have a lot of problems with one particular area and that way that your dealerships know that hey we've had a lot of problems with this this is the fix that we found for it and then that has to happen first and then if they get enough of them they will put out a recall all right uh, if you have any questions or comments about uh, you think you have a reliable car or did you get a lemon one year, we would love for you to share it with us. Our number is one 672 7464 Let's go to Jan from Memphis. Jan, thanks for calling in today. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Go ahead. Uh, I have a... Uh, 2014 Nissan Frontier and they replaced the module that has the radio backup camera and navigation system on it uh, because it was cutting out on me and it even though they've replaced it it's it's still doing it of course it's out of warranty now but it's uh, every now and then there's there's nothing uh, no uh, error of, I mean, no, no uh, indication on the screen that anything's going on. It's just completely blank. It's basically doing the same thing it was before. Yes. Um, how long after that was replaced under warranty did it start having those problems again? Well, it's been intermittent. Okay. Usually, it was only a very short period of time, but sometimes it it, it will be. Uh, for maybe a day at a time. Okay. This is something that uh, for everyone out there listening that, that you'd want to, because it was done under warranty at Nissan, go back and have them look at it again. Have you talked to them about it again? Well, I can't catch it when it's off. Okay. Okay. Well, they, they should still be able to look at it if it's even if it's intermittent and um, go to the one that you had the work done at, and it, they should still look at it. And the thing is, if they've had this problem, it was kind of like I was just saying, it may be something that they're getting familiar with and they know the fix for it. But but if you don't report it, they won't know about it. So I'd go back to the dealership and tell them exactly what's going on with it. I have no idea. It's probably a loose connection is what it sounds like. Just one of the connections just doesn't stay tight enough. And in, instead of replacing the module, they need to, to check and make sure their wiring's tight and everything. But but I wouldn't know. That's that's something that you'd want Nissan to do. Especially yours is is still fairly late model car. It's only four or five years old. Um, this is something that they're still dealing with at the dealership. And if that's a common problem, they they might have an idea of what's going on. Okay. 
I appreciate your your input on that. Yes, dear. I wish I knew exactly what it was. <laughs> well, I do too. If it if it was something simple like a ground wire, I might be able to handle that one. Yeah, yeah. That's it, those are probably grounded through the computer. So un- unfortunately, like old school where you could check the ground wire, a lot of them are grounded in the computer. But there's a way for them to test that to make sure those grounds are good. But more than likely, it's something else going on. But if that's what it is, it is the module itself. Well, I kind of hate to take it in because it's out of warranty now. No, I would I would do it because even though it's out of warranty, it may because of that repair that it was done there, it still may be something that they can at least look at without charging. But it's worth finding out. And like I said, they won't know about you having a continual problem with this unless you let them know. It may be something they've worked out since you had it replaced at that time. They may have issued a service bulletin in the meantime. Um, You can actually look up technical service bulletins on carcomplaints.com, too. They list the service bulletins, uh, some of them, that the dealerships put out on cars when they have a problem that's reoccurring. And it's in a technical service bulletin is basically for the technicians to have a way to say this is a common problem and we're seeing this enough that we we're figuring it out and this is the fix for it. So that okay. that, that that would definitely be what I do is go back to the dealership you had it done at and and try to to work at it at it there. Okay, I appreciate the the input on that. All right, Jan. Um, Okay, uh, do you have time for another question? Go ahead. Okay, uh, on four-wheel drive, uh, I was told that it's best to have the co- the vehicle completely at uh, at a standstill before shifting to the four-wheel drive. And then somebody told me that I should have the gear shift lever in neutral. And uh, I, I was never told that. But what, what's the correct thing? I'll tell you exactly what's the correct thing. Read your owner's manual and let it tell you exactly the procedure for putting it into four-wheel drive. A lot of cars these days, it is you can put it in four-wheel drive when at a low speed, but you need to make sure yours is that type, and you've got to read your owner's manual. I don't know if it is or not for the Frontier. Most of them are like that these days, um, especially a small truck like that, but... Check your owner's manual. Do you have your owner's manual for that car? Yes. And, then, yeah, read, and the, read it thoroughly. Well, for the, the uh, it can be in motion for the uh, four high and I guess it's three high, um, but it's supposed to be stopped when it is in the lower ones. Okay. Well, there but, you go. But um, someone, not the owner's manual, told me that I should shift the gear shift level into neutral and before I do that and that didn't seem right. I can see their logic on it. That actually does make sense because then nothing is in, your transmission is in neutral. It's not in gear so you're not switching it in gear but I would just go by whatever your owner's manual uh, owner's manual says. I haven't owned a four-wheel drive and it's been a while um, and I, I never used mine so I didn't, I didn't really... I don't, I don't, I never really fooled with that that much. Well, I did, I used it a little bit on my Nissan Titan, but so I, I really don't know on that. But that I can see where their logic is coming from on it to, to shift it into neutral. You can shift a car into neutral while you're driving down the road. Um, and it, you know, it, it just takes it out of gear and, uh, you know, don't shift it into reverse, obviously. 
But um, check with your owner's manual and just follow it to the the, the T on that and, and go by what it says, not what someone's telling you. That way you back it up and you know what you're comfortable with because that's going to be for sure the right way. Well, since the, the uh, switchover is electronic rather than... Uh, of, of Mechanical. The, right. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's a change over time, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and much better than having to get out and and uh, kick the hubs yep. on, the, on the vehicle. Yep. Lock the hubs. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jan. We appreciate you calling in. Yeah, that's the last uh, four-wheel drive I used to have. You had to go out and turn the yep. hubs. Change hubs. A lot less that could go wrong with those. Uh-huh. You know, because now you're talking about electronic. You are talking about the transmission module and the four-wheel drive module and these different things. So, But, uh, it, of course, it's easier right. to just roll into four-wheel drive. All right. If you have a question about your car you would like Allison to answer and me to give a completely nonsensical comment about, <laughs> we'd love for you to call us. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, or if you can't talk on the phone right now, we can always take your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. Let's listen to Dennis in Ocean Springs. Dennis, we're so glad you called in today. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, a couple of comments now for your two last callers. The uh, woman with the module that, you know, the, the, they never really fixed it. You you absolutely, she absolutely needs to go back there. If she, if this repair was started under warranty and they didn't fix it right, it doesn't matter whether it's under warranty now or not. That's why you always want to keep the receipts to show exactly when you brought it in and when you lodged the complaint because they are supposed to honor that. And that's going to be, if it is a module, if it is one of those computer-driven things, that's going to be very expensive. So she absolutely needs to go right back to where they did the work. Uh, the lady with four-wheel drive, I, I like that question. You're absolutely right there, too. Modern four-wheel drives, a lot of them are designed to be shifted on the fly. That means while you're still moving. Right. You're, you're, you're driving along at 15 miles an hour, and it's starting to get slippery. And quite frankly, you really wouldn't want to shift your, your transmission into neutral then. You, you, wanna, you don't want to do anything that upsets the attitude of the wheels and the, you know, while you're moving. So you just flip that thing over to, to high, and it'll, and it'll automatically do you know, things designed to handle that. Now, the low is different. She's absolutely right there, too, because the low is for more extreme conditions when you're probably stopped. And then, you know, you, you, you flip it into low. But the high, and the high is designed to go on the fly. In, in you know you're in Denver, Colorado, and suddenly there's a bunch of snow all over the place, and it, it doesn't. She doesn't need to stop or put it in neutral or do anything like that. Thank you very much. Good tips. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you Dennis. Much. We appreciate all that. Uh, you calling in. And if you want to call in, we're talking about vehicle reliability. We're taking your car repair questions after the break. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? 
trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. Now, if you can't listen to our show, we had an email. I'm going to email him back later in case he can't listen right now. There are three ways that you can listen to our show if you miss it live. Usually the afternoon of our local shows, the show will be put online, mpbonline.org. Each of our local shows has their own page. You can just go to that page, find the episode uh, of the show, and listen to it online. That's number one. The second way you can listen to our local shows is the MPB Public Media app. It's an app for both Android and iPhones, and it also has uh, MPB television programs and some of our education information. It's got our news, and each of those you can just click on on demand. You can listen to autocorrect and find the episode you want to listen to and then the third way is uh, usually the afternoon of the show we put our show together as a podcast every phone well except for uh, apples use itunes and have their own apple app but uh for android phones there's a whole bunch of different podcast platforms and if you search for autocorrect we are the only two words autocorrect out there and search for autocorrect then our show will come up and then you can find the episode that you want to listen to now if you were talking about reliable and unreliable cars today if you're interested in reviews of new cars, we've got a buddy. Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. And he has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His reviews this week are on the 2019 Volvo S60R and the 2019 VW GTI and a report from the 2019 Chicago Auto Show. And it's part blog, part photos, part video. He has a lot of videos. So that is something if you're interested to, we will have a link on this show's webpage. We're talking about reliability. Give us a call if you would have a question for us, just like Tim from Tennessee has called in. Tim, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> caught me, caught me uh, not listening. That's all right, Tim. <laughs> we're glad you're listening now. What's your comment or question? Well, the question I had is... Um, uh, I have a 2014 Dodge Ram 1500 four-wheel drive pickup truck. Okay, and what happens is when this vehicle sits in the sun and the uh, cab temperature gets above 110 degrees uh, on the inside, uh, you know, in other words, it's set all day in the in the sunlight, and you know, and then I go get in it, start it up, and the cab temperature is 110 degrees. Uh, what happens is, is it does not shift. You can start it, but it will not shift out of park. So you're moving the gear shift lever, or it won't move. Well, it's it's a knob. 
Okay. It's like, is it the electronic style where you flip it into drive and then it electronically goes into drive? Right. It's a, it's right. a, it's a round knob that okay. you know, has the old PRND on it. Yep. But it's, yeah, it's not the mechanical shift. It's an electronic shift. Right. It's an electronic shift. I have never heard of such. I have no idea. <laughs> I've, I've called Dodge on it a couple of times, um, and they said, okay, you know, because usually by the time I get off work at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, um, mm-hmm. and this condition presents itself, uh, the only thing I can do is call Dodge, and they say, oh, well, well we'll send somebody out to check it. And uh, I'm going, well, yeah, but... How long is that going to be? And they said, well, half hour, 45 minutes or so, we've got to call somebody in because we're closed. And I'm going, well, by the time they get out there, the situation has corrected itself. I I just honestly wouldn't know where to to start with that. That's so weird. When it happens, is the only thing I think of is to to try try and diagnose it from there. But that's really odd. Um, That's something I would go on carcomplaints.com myself and just look and see if other people have had that problem. It also lists uh, what people fixed it on if they reported what was the fix for problems on there, too. But um, what I would do in your situation is get my windows tinted and put up a car visor until... I could duplicate that problem at a at a shop. Right. <laughs> if you felt like that, it. That's but the with problem. that you know, they're not gonna put my put my vehicle in some place uh, where the temperature's gonna get hundred and ten degrees. You know, I, a good shop this, will. A good shop will duplicate the the things that were causing the problem. I see. So okay, well, but I then you like got a matter of it taking time and then you gotta be prepared for it. it could be something expensive. Are you willing to pay for that or would you rather just put a sun visor up, park in the shade? So <laughs> with something like that, like it it sounds like the little the little gear shift module itself is acting up, which is as far as I know is a complete little unit or it's or you can separate the it's separated from the little module itself. It has the stick and then it has the little module right up under the the shift lever. So right. and I'm, I'm kind of guessing, and this is just my opinion. You know, back in back in the good old days where uh, I was uh, uh, driving the cars that you could still work on, um, they had a neutral safety switch, right, which prevented you from shifting the vehicle when it was uh, when the clutch wasn't pushed in or something. You know, it prevented just prevented you from from cranking it if it was in drive. Right, exactly. Uh, or reverse. Thinking, you know, and this one, uh, you know, and the newer vehicles like this one particularly, uh, you have to step on the brake in order to shift it. So I'm thinking that maybe there's that dielectric switch in there that overheats and expands and just doesn't read that it's uh, that the brake is being stepped on or something similar to that. But That's a pretty good guess. That's a pretty good guess on there. You, that's kind of a situation where you need those um, the diagnostic computers that read transmission modules because right. not all of them do it, and that's where the five thousand dollar and up computers come in to play because then you you can read exactly what that computer is seeing for why it won't shift, and that could very well be a part of what it is. Right, and uh, like I say, I, I would hope that our local Dodge dealer would have that. Oh yeah. You know, but, but can like they use they, it? <laughs> I hope they can. That's a really good guess, though. That's a really, really yeah. good guess. Well, I thank you for taking my call, and uh, I will uh, 
look on that carcomplaints.com and see if maybe I can start a thread and find some other people that have the same situation. The forums are good, too, just to give you a tip on that, Tim, get to go to the forums for your truck. I recommend anyone do that. Um, if you've had your car for a certain amount of time, go to the Honda Civic Forum or the Dodge Ram 1500 Forum, and you sign in and you create your little username and you can ask questions and you can research their database for problems similar to yours. I absolutely what? love forums. What? Yeah, I'll be too. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Good luck with that. Good luck, right, Tim. Thanks. Maybe come July, you could drop off your vehicle at the dealer and say, uh, please don't look at my car until 4 p.m. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and leave in direct sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to have to do, I think. Yep. Thanks, Tim. We're glad you called in. If you have a question like Tim did, we'd love for you to call in. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's take Ken's call from Jackson. Ken, thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, I have a 2001 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Everything under the hood except for the engine, I've replaced. I'm not surprised. I was about to ask you if you've replaced everything. Usually, no offense to Jeep oh, or offense computer, to Jeep. It, computer. Yeah, everything. it's everything. Yep. I got everybody trying to buy my car from it. It blows my mind. I had a customer, not a customer one time. It was a guy come up, talk to me while I was working on a car, and it, I was working on Jeep. And he goes, I love Jeep. I used to have one. So I love that car. I replaced everything on it. <laughs> I said, I'll be talking. I said, that's well, I, I have a, I have a gentleman. He owns Pro Auto Repair. He uh, he babysits my car for me. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm part of a veteran group where when veterans or seniors need car repair, uh, they can't afford it, yeah. we take care of it for them. Wow, what a great guy. He, he gives us a, a, a very good discount. Um, that's now, just great. My, and tell you the truth about my car, I have a couple times I've started it and then turn around and try to restart it. The car runs that smooth. I didn't know the engine was, was running. Wow. <laughs> but now she has a heating coil problem. Okay. And, I, and I'm looking right now at the at the uh, mats I took off my passenger side, and they're soaked. Wow. What a pain in the... And they're telling me 500 bucks, And he told, he told me, he said, the part's only going to cost you maybe less than 100 Oh, yeah, it's super hard to get into there. What was the problem you were calling about, Ken? I got a a passenger seat full of uh, antifreeze where the heating coil is is, is, uh, dripping into the car. Yeah. He's telling me 500. Is there anything anything we can do that completely shut off the heating coil now that it's getting warm? Um, no, because no, you'd have to disconnect it in the engine bay to keep the coolant from running through your heater core. You know what I'm talking about? Those lines in your on your firewall that okay. run to your heater core, in and out of your heater core. The one that goes into it, you would just want to reroute it in a you, you know, so that it the coolant doesn't run through your heater core, it just keeps running through your cooling system. But then you don't have heat. But, yeah, yeah, no, the labor is high on heating core on any car. I don't know any car that it's not um, because you have to take the dash, the underside of the dash out. 
Yeah, that's what he was telling me. I was wondering, is there any way we can go without taking it? It's the labor that's, that's the problem. Right, absolutely. Yep, sometimes things take a long time, and the part so, won't be very expensive. So there's no shortcut. No. So something to prevent that in the future for everyone is to clean your cooling systems, you know, every, co- uh, every couple of years, run a flush on it, and keep good coolant, a 50-50 mix or more, so that you have um, the anti-corrosion and the anti-electrolysis component of the cooling uh, fluid, which keeps your car, keeps that, that heater core from messing up and your your um, radiator from making getting these holes and these leaks in them. So there's no shortcut to this $500 bill? No, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can, like I said, you can cut the lines and, and, and reroute it so that you don't have any heat at all. You can do that. We're about to get into that season where I can do that. Yeah, you can do that temporarily. Okay, then. I thank you, and I appreciate your show. Thank you. And I, I, I got all my seniors listening to your show, because every time they have a car problem, they come to me. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wow. Well, we're That's so glad awesome. uh, that you listen, Ken, and, and good luck uh, with yeah. uh, with your, your one-season vehicle. <laughs> right. That's a good endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll buy me a horse. Talk to you later. All right, thanks. We are discussing vehicle reliability when we come back from the break. We're also taking your repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. Read your owner's manual. Take care of your regularly scheduled maintenance. (laughs) What's new in the news? Hang on a minute and we'll tell you. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash autocorrect. And here is what's in the news this week. Audi has announced uh, this last week a feature that will tell drivers of select models in select cities exactly how fast to go if they want to catch nothing but green lights. It's the Green Light Optimization Speed Advisory System. It's an expansion of Audi's vehicle to infrastructure communication system. Since 2016, it has offered Time to Green, which tells the driver sitting at a red light how long they have to look at their phone until it's time to go. 
The feature which debuted on the A4 sedan and the Q7 SUV is available on every 2019 Audi model minus the A3 hatchback, a coupe, and a supercar. The light data comes through a partnership with Traffic Technology Systems. The Oregon outfit generates the data and streams at 4700 intersection in 13 cities Dallas, Denver, Houston, Los Angeles, Orlando, Phoenix, San Diego, or San Francisco, and Washington among them. Audi pitches the system as a stress reducer tool for drivers. Ultimately, such data communication will be essential to the ability of semi-autonomous and autonomous cars to achieve one where their key promise, boosting the speed and efficiency of traffic in congested areas. I would buy that. (laughs) I would totally buy that because it drives me crazy. And I would hope that the civil engineers and the city planners, but maybe they're not that smart, would time the lights so that you could have smooth traffic and you don't hit every single light on your way to work. And if there was a way to communicate with my car to the telephone pole to the car behind me (laughs) that lets us all know if you drive 32 miles per hour up now here you can go 42 up go back down to 22 if you can just you know keep it so that you just hit them all green i would love that it's interesting I had to try it out. Everybody, everybody has their thing. This is this is what I would <laughs> sign up to buy. Liz is signing up to buy this, and I am Liz Gill, and I'm with a lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. We are taking your automotive repair calls. We have a few minutes left, so we're going to go to Kiko in Oxford. Kiko, thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Yeah, this uh, this might be a question more for the boys over at Legal Matters, but I've always agreed with the Grateful Dead that women are smarter, so I'm calling y'all. Fantastic. I've got a 1994 Dodge Brothers pickup. Yep. And back in October, it's you know it's approaching a quarter million miles, and it's named Pablo. And I love it a lot, but back in October, it had some mechanical problems, and so we took it off the road. We didn't think it was it would cost too much, and then it would fix it. And I told the insurance company that I'm taking this truck off the road. Let's take it off insurance, all that kind of stuff. And it's been off the road, and we've come up with some parts, and I'm thinking about putting it back on the road. And my shade tree mechanic tells me that I can go to the Lafayette County Chancellor Clerk's Department to see those beautiful young women there and they will give me an affidavit to sign to say that the truck has been off the road since october and that way i can get an antique car tag instead of paying for a regular tag for the one month or the month of november and december that it still had to go before it reached antique car tag status i gotcha yep yeah because you have to you can't get it the first time it it's 25 years it, it's like you you have to uh i forget what it is but yeah you have to um get the yeah, regular the tag, tag and then get the antique tag the tag that's on it expired in in november yeah and it so it had it had one month left but it was off the road november and december officially so is is that true that i can sign an affidavit saying it was off the road and then i can get the antique tag 
have no idea. I think we cannot confirm or deny that, Kiko, but uh, we will maybe bring that up with Professor Richard Gershon on our In Legal Terms, which is our Tuesday 10 a.m. show, and he is in Lafayette County, and uh, maybe we'll bring that up. Uh, sorry, we can't help you with that, Kiko. I'll wait till then until I do anything. Fantastic. All right. Let's go to Mike in Jackson. Mike, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. You're very welcome. Hello, Allison. Hey, Mike. Hey, um, the guy with the Jeep on the heater core thing. Yeah. Um, on the, the hard body and on one of my Astros, mm-hmm. I just got a coupler under the hood right. to bypass my heater core. You know what I'm saying? You oh, yeah. Pull the two hoses, put a coupler there, put Joe's clamps on. Um the guy that just called, I've heard about that as well. Like if you've got a vehicle that's not on the road for, say, a year, um, you can go and probably Chancery Courts, you know, and this is just word. I'm, you know, it's not anything official and I've never done yeah. it. But uh, I have heard you can do that just to get out of pay. It makes sense because they will pay you. They'll make you uh, pay for that, the back tax or whatever that's on not right. having your tag. So, yeah, that's thanks right. for that. That yeah, uh, And comment. number three, um, if everybody will just go and download the MPB app, when you pull it up, the first thing you see right there on the home page is yep. Allison Walker. Yep. It's really easy to find your show. So. I love I love it that we're an A. I love that we're an A. Uh, yeah. Autocorrect. Yeah. Autocorrect is the coolest name for this show, and I think it's all awesome. Great. Thank oh. you guys. Y'all have a good one. Mike, we Thanks, appreciate Mike. you calling in. Thanks so later. much. So let's recap real quick. Uh carcomplaints.com is a good place to go. Consumer Consumer Reports. Uh, They have proprietary information. They have just released their March magazine that has all of their uh, most reliable car studies. They they studied 17 trouble areas to get a predicted reliability score. Then they mixed that with road tests, reliability, odor satisfaction, and safety to rank their car rank Ranking. Uh, if you have a subscription, you can view it online. If you uh, look at the magazine, I think it has some of it. Some of their past data is available. Uh, the Consumer Reports uh, website has a page for uh, car reliability owner satisfaction. And the real quick, their most reliable was uh, Prius C, Lincoln Continental, Toyota. Prius Prime, Subaru Crosstrek, Toyota Prius, Mazda 6, Kia Sedona, Honda Fit, Lexus NX, and Mazda CX-5. Allison, if you had to say the most reliable car, what would you personally say? The late model Priuses are pretty awesome. 13 and before, earlier, not so good, or 12 and before, but 13 and later, they've really nailed it. So that's All right. what I go with. You heard it from Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy Show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. But we hope you'll join us this next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.